0: melbourne a.a steps weekend 2007 this is bryce talking about step two good morning all my name's bryce i'm an alcoholic and i'm sober today (laughs) Uh, through the grace of god and um oh geez lack of power that's the dilemma and um Talking about the second step, I suppose I can't ignore the first step firstly, and um, the first step's all about the problem, you know, and the second step's where we get a solution. And for me, unless I understood that first step 100%, I wouldn't seek out the solution. For me, the, um, the lack of power, the, the powerlessness, the unmanageability, I had to really be stripped of everything, and um, because whilst there was a fraction of a chance that I'm, I might have some degree of power or control over my drinking and drugging, I would continue to use and chase that. And um, you know, through my experience, that's what I did. It was um, it was a long process for me to to get to this point. Um, long. I, I was I was drinking and drugging from an early age and um, you know I, I was adopted at birth I grew up in a family where drinking wasn't a big issue my father drank a little bit and um, he'd have a couple of glasses of wine at night and that was it And my mother didn't drink my brother drank sociably and um But when i found alcohol you know it made me it was what i was searching for it was it it gave me that sense of ease and comfort which i wanted and um because i was i was restless irritable and discontent well before i picked up a drink and and it used to manifest in different ways and you know i sought to you know i sought out ease and comfort in lots of different areas but when alcohol came on the scene, it was, yee you know, where have you been on my life, baby? And um, so naturally, I just, I, I, I consumed alcohol on a regular basis, and um, for a long time, I didn't stick out from the pack, because the pack I was running with drank and drugged just as I did, so... It it was quite easy and, and, you know, it it gave me the attributes I needed in socialising and feeling comfortable with my peers and chasing women and, you know, that was paramount. I I, My life consisted of um, going to school and when I wasn't at school I was wagging and surfing and on weekends it was all about chasing skirt and getting drunk at the pub and and that was my life and, um, you know, at alcohol my my drinking didn't start out all bad It started out heaps of fun and and it was it was a gradual thing for me in this demise of um and this coming to understand how powerless i am and i i realized that you know this uh, for me to seek out a solution a spiritual solution i um you know, I had to get pretty sick and pretty scared because I'd searched high and low for different treatments for this internal condition. You know, uh, I found that I found, you know, I couldn't share what was going on within with family and close friends because I didn't know what was going on within. I didn't know what 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 the immensity of this disease entailed, and um, all I knew was that I couldn't stop drinking when I started and um i couldn't i couldn't control how much i drank and um and it was just it was baffling you know it was baffling because i didn't want to be hurting people in my life and yet i was you know and i wanted to get along you know i wanted to get on with society i saw you know many friends and who would move on and and, get good jobs and start to buy homes and have families and all this sort of stuff and all this stuff that society said that's what you have to attain and and i was trying my guts out to get to that point but very hard when you're you know turning up to work smashed and you know having to get turned back and and you know just not being consistent in life you know people couldn't trust me i was uh, a liar a cheater a thief a con and um you know, I was living double lives and telling one person this and telling another person that and, you know, it was breaking my parents' heart and it was breaking, you know, it broke my heart and so I started to look internally and my my drinking sort of led me on to do a lot of geographicals I travelled around Australia for a few years and in search of and, um, you know, in that time I, I sort of gravitated to different people and... Um, the drinking escalated and and I started to moderate my drinking through drug use. I I, I became my own pharmacist and, um, you know, I I had to moderate it and get it to this level and, you know, I had to do a lot of doctor shopping and I also um, discovered the joys of hallucinogenic drugs and LSD and DMT and different things like that and, and the experiences that I had on those drugs were of a spiritual nature and um uh, but that fascinated me that fascinated me the realms of the mind that I hadn't been able to tap into and when I took these drugs it, it opened up my concepts of, of everything and um and as a result, I continued to chase that stuff, and I became fascinated with what it meant. And I started to engage in reading books about this stuff, and and um, spir- spiritual books, and and read about different uh, philosophies and all this sort of stuff. And um, and I guess, you know, I I was seeking, I was seeking something. I was seeking this 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 essence of God, whatever it may be, be because You know, I was growing up in a family where we would sort of get dragged to church, me and my brother, and and we'd sit up the back and, you know, punching each other in the ribs, giggling, and not taking an ounce of notice, and just thinking, this is so lame. You know, geez, I hope no one from our school can see us here because it would be so embarrassing on Monday if I saw you at church. Oh, shit, no. And, um, you know, because I I, I just didn't resonate with those crew. You know, they just seemed so... Whatever. And, and please, whatever I say today is purely my experience. I'm not judging whatever you do. If you choose to go to church, God bless you, you know. Whatever I say today is purely my experience, and, um, I, I, that's all I want to share. And, uh, anything that goes contrary to what may be in the big book, please disregard it and talk to your sponsor. But, um, you know, <laughs> what, I, what I'm here to do is to share my experience and, and, I guess, you know, how I came to believe in this power greater than myself and, and a little bit about what that power is. And So, you know, I, I neglected the churchy sort of model of God and yet I was conditioned to pray on a nightly basis from my family. And it was very basic sort of prayer. And um, it was just praying for the friends and family that I knew on a nightly basis. And it, it just became habit. So I just hung on to that habit and like anything, you know, I don't like breaking habits, so I just drifted into my teens and I continued to do it habitually and, um, without giving it much thought until I got in a bit of strife, you know, and when I got into a bit of strife, like oh no, the cops are going, you know, I, I'd, I'd done a burglary at lunchtime at school and I thought, oh shit, the cops are going to get me this time, I'm definitely off to Tirana, and, you know, and this, uh, and I thought, please God help, you know, just desperate as I would do anything and you know oh mum's caught me with the girl down in the bushes oh no get me out of this one and uh, you know it was always when when she'd hit the fan that I'd I'd really get desperate and call on this high power and and obviously I was you know my prayers weren't being answered instantly so I was thinking is this worth it you know is this God really listening and um you know I'm you know in those desperate times i'd rip open the big big book you know the bible and i'd try to read that and and it was just in a language which was like chinese to me and i'd be like and you know what now you know and so naturally i i wanted to find i i had faith that there was this higher power and yet the model that was being presented to me wasn't working in my life it wasn't appropriate for where i was at and um so i was a seeker and I was seeking some sort of higher power which would suit my life, which I could tap into, engage in that power, um, because I wasn't, a, I, you know, there was, seemed to be this blockage between me, my belief in a higher power, and yet accessing that power. So, um, you know, this search, uh, I'm so grateful that I have been a seeker, you know, because it's, it stood me in good, good stead when I did get to this fellowship because at least I I had an open mind to spiritual things I actually came here because I was seeking it you know a a lot of people that I hear around in AA weren't were anti-God or they're atheist agnostic and I actually got to these rooms wanting to find something about God and when I saw God in the steps it was like yee-haw it wasn't like oh no it was like bring it on thank you you know we're going to talk about God and and um and hopefully i might get something here and because i you know i was was poking my nose my nose into churches and you know when they're doing the standing up singing putting their hands up and i just couldn't bring myself to do it and i'd be like no no i can't i I just can't do it guys i can't and um you know so it it just didn't work and after you know was one person standing up there talking to us all and there was no sort of interaction. and So when I got to AA, it was brilliant because I was finally able to open my mouth and let this pressure valve off and just let a bit of stuff out of what was going on. And the feeling for me in my first meeting was amazing because <clears throat> I was in this room with... There was lots of big guys with tattoos and muscle shirts and that's what it seemed like. It was probably nothing like that, but it seemed like that <laughs> intimidating and, um, and and I think they were all weeping too, they must have been. <laughs> but, but there was this softness in them, like they were big physically and yet they had this softness and they had this honesty which I could smell. And, um, oh no, that was my breath but um i could sense there was something different here you know these guys were talking honestly and and they were talking about stuff which i could identify with i'm like yeah 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 i felt like that yeah yeah i had to drink and drug like that yeah shit yeah and so all of a sudden it's like something going on here you know I'm, i'm coming back and um and i i do recall that i did get asked to share that night and people must have been cringing because I would have gone off on all sorts of tangents with, you know, our singleness of purpose would have been ripped out of the water once I got up and shared and um, you know, I was breaking traditions by the minute and it was bad And but um, but they were loving enough that after the meeting you know, they said keep coming back and, and a guy came out and rallied me and, and said here's my phone number and, and the amazing part of it was he didn't care if I rang him and he, he didn't want nothing from me you know, uh, you got to remember. At this point, I was mixing with, with um, drug addicts, and um, there was nothing free in this world in the circles I was moving in. And, and it, I was so bound by my selfishness and self-centeredness that all I ever wanted was to take, take, take. And um, so I was impressed. I was suitably impressed that this guy. Taking the time to actually give me his number for no other reason than if I if I wanted to give him a chat I could, and um, that was remarkable. I um, continued to do. I continued to uh, drink and come to meetings, and um, that was pretty pretty hard. Um, oh geez heaps went down. You know that I'd, I'd been i've been engaging in all sorts of you know as i was talking about i was seeking this higher power through different areas and i i'd um i i there's just a list a mile long of things i've tried prior to getting to aa to stop my drinking and drugging and to fix this spiritual malady which i'm afflicted with and you know the list is a mile long yoga kinesiology you know the massage and white light healing and and um you know all the different medications and I was so desperate and my family was so supportive that in order to try and uh, you know get me free from this thing they were prepared to fly into the other side of the world to get well and at the time there was a rapid detox program going on overseas and it wasn't introduced in Melbourne as yet so we got flown over to Tel Aviv in Israel and um, trying to undertake this medical procedure to to rapidly detox me off heroin and alcohol and, and the deal was that I took these naltrexane tablets every day and, and as long as I took this little tablet I would not have the craving to pick up alcohol. And if I did pick up alcohol it would have no effect. So it was pointless even picking up in the first place. This is the philosophy behind uh, so I had this operation, and you know, mind you, while we we're in after the procedure, I was, I was, um, you know, it was, it was profound time, to, and and to find myself in Tel Aviv in Israel, um, it's a holy place, and you know, I I went up to Jerusalem and and I looked around a lot of the holy sites and. There was an energy, and, and I was, you know, I, I, I just felt it uncanny that I should be taken to a place like this, trying to go a procedure. There was something linked behind the, the, there was something spiritual going on, you know. Why wasn't it in New York or in London? Why was it in, you know, the holy city of Israel? And um, that was bizarre. Anyway, I came back with this this determination and and drive to just take these tablets every day, and everything will be okay. But it wasn't long before um, you know this restlessness and irritability that hadn't been removed. All that had been removed was this craving, this physical craving. Uh, the mental aspect hadn't been addressed. It was just purely physically dried out. So, um, because I was so untrustworthy, my father used to give me the tablet every morning, come in and and watch me swallow it. And, you know, uh, foolish man, you know, just be under the tongue. And once he walked out of the room, you know, I'd spit it out and, and off it'd be going, you know. Because I just couldn't live in my skin. I was going off my head, not being able to put something in my system, you know. The only thing that worked apart from... This, this tablet worked on opiates and, and alcohol, and that's what it was designed for. And yet, I could get away with using amphetamines and ecstasy, and so I was just becoming this raving lunatic, you know, just absolutely smashed on methamphetamine, and, and, um, and it got real messy. And, and as a result, you know, I just slipped back into the to compensate and self-medicate with, with with heroin and alcohol again, and you know. Um, I got to I got to a point where you know there was a window of opportunity for me I started doing two meetings a day A, a guy said to me he said listen how many meetings are you doing and I said oh about one a week and he said Oh man, there's so many more meetings down here. If you get stuck in OAA, get a meetings list. you could get to two meetings a day every day if you need it you know because I said that I find it really hard because I'm so isolated. you know I didn't want to be around people and yet I was shit scared of my own skin when I wasn't around people. He said go to go to more meetings. So I started doing two meetings a day every day and you know I was getting drum with the philosophy of 90 and 90. uh keep doing more meetings it'll get better. Get a sponsor, ring your sponsor. Um, you know, just the stuff that I was hearing, and and I was I was inspired for some time. You know, I was loving it. You know, people were coming up after meetings saying, "Good on ya, keep coming back." You know, doing well, and and I was loving that. You know, but um, that was so temporary. You know, that was so temporary. I got a period of about thirty days up. And physically I was feeling well and I was saying get some hope and I was thinking maybe this is it, you know, this is the turning point. This thing seems to be working for me. And um, you know, I I wasn't addressing the steps on the wall. You know, I, I had a sponsor which I would ring spasmodically. I wasn't held accountable, I wasn't I wasn't spoken to about you know, he didn't even qualify me with the first step whether I was alcoholic, he, he just assumed that I was an alcoholic. He, um, we didn't talk much about my concept of a high power or where, whether I believed in a power greater than myself. He just took that for granted. So, and I'm not blaming him for that. That's obviously how he was brought up in AA or whatever. But I was able to just sort of float around, bounce around off the walls in AA, and um, and wasn't sort of funneled into this process and. I, um, invariably, the resentment and the anger and self-pity rose up in me in meetings that, um, you know, I started, these people that once inspired me, I'd heard their story over and over again, and it was puppetry, you know, every time it was parrot fashion story, war story from the floor each time, I wanted to kill these old pricks, and um, I did, and, and, um... You know, because every time I got up to share, I'd share something different because I don't know how, how I could have manufactured the story which would work each time. And, you know, there's one guy who's talking about his high power being a clock. And um, and I'm sitting, you know... Uh, I'd give me that clock and i will smash it. And, you know, I'd, it was that sort of stuff that was just killing me. And I... Um you know, I drank again. I, the thought came to me in a meeting: just maybe I might be able to control my drinking as long as I'm not doing those other issues, and I just drink sociably, and control it will be sweet. Just maybe. And for me, that's that's this insanity, this second step insanity. That's exactly where it's at. You know, the um, as it says, and, and there is a solution we're unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago, we are without defence against the first drink, you know and that's a baffling part of this disease for me, the mental aspect, you know the thought that precedes a drink you know, that inability to remember the carnage that went down the pain and suffering the, the fact that every time I drank it never got any better, it always got worse, it um but my, my mind is unable to fathom that stuff. You know, the, the thought of, I want to get ease and comfort, how am I going to get it? A drink always delivered. You know, I didn't have access to this power which which is there, but because I hadn't done the house cleaning or, or made any amends or cleared away the wreckage and debris of the past, I was un, unable to receive God's grace. And um, for me, you know, I... Um, it it talks about my kind in in the 12 and 12 and you know I have a higher power belief no problem there and yet I hadn't done the work steps 3 through 9 you know to clear away that stuff and allow God into my life I was still too blocked bondage of self was blocking me and um it it I, um, I, I'm a victim of doing the one two three, one two three, and AA. You know, the AA waltz. Just, you know, I'd, I'd made that decision to turn my life and will over to God, many, many times, and yet I would find myself going to the fridge and cracking a beer. You know, there, there was no power in my life. There was, there was, um, you know, it, I've only known two powers in my life, and it's either been God or alcohol. So what's it going to be? You know, it's got to be all or nothing. What's it going to be? And um, it it wasn't until I actually moved beyond that third step, got the pen and paper, and started to write, that um, you know, and move through the process rapidly, clear away that debris, that I've actually been hooked up with God and access that power today, which which is inadvertently I'm recovered from alcohol as a result. So, listen, I thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share this morning, and I wish you a good weekend. Thanks. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting me share.